Welcome to the Reset Podcast with Kirk Elliott, PhD, where every week we integrate politics, economics, and legislation that will impact your investment portfolios and lives. In doing this, we can reset our expectations so we can invest with wisdom, discernment, and confidence. Sit back, listen, and learn as we go on the journey of navigating through the economic jungle together. Hey, everybody, this is Laura Logan, and it's time for our weekly update with Dr. Kirk Elliott to give us the scoop on the economy. And Kirk, you know what? I'm going to start with a question from a viewer because uh, what people are concerned about and confused about is how come we have inflation? People are offering gold and silver as a solution. And guess what's happening to the price of gold and silver? Where is it going? Is it going up? Well, okay, this is such a great question because I get asked this all the time as well. So, you know, just over the last five weeks. It's going down, right? It goes up and it goes down, right? Nothing goes straight up and nothing comes straight down. Like, for example, over the last five weeks, silver's up like over 14% in five weeks, which Mm -hmm. is amazing. But if you look at it from where it was six, seven months ago, it's actually down. However, this is one of those things where, we have to look at the history of, of what's happened with gold and silver. There's been so much manipulation in the markets, Laura. Mm-hmm. Um, and so yes. we look back to like the, okay, I'm going to kind of explain this in a story. So silver ETF, the paper version of silver, right? That a lot of 401ks um, do in paper and your advisors will say, Hey, if you want to invest in silver, go into the silver ETF. Well, it's not the same. It doesn't act the same. There's no, you can manipulate those markets. So how is it manipulated? So prior to that, State Street and you used to actually own the silver ETF and they sold it to BlackRock about a little State over a Street year Capital. ago. State Street Capital, is that who you mean? Yeah. Yeah. So they sold the silver ETF to, to BlackRock. BlackRock used to then somebody has to be the custodian of the physical silver behind the silver ETF. That used to be HSBC. Well, when BlackRock took over, um, they actually hired J.P. Morgan Chase. Funny, because because it just gets worse and worse, Kirk. It does. Okay, but there's a reason why. Because if you're kind of a crook like BlackRock, would you want somebody that's honest being your custodian? No, you you got to have people playing in the sandbox, right? So so at the end of 2020, JP Morgan Chase got slapped with a $900 million, almost a billion dollar fine for lying about the custodianship of silver that they actually had on hand. So why would BlackRock pick JP Morgan, right? Well, because they're both kind of crooks, right? So, so anyways, you've got, so what happens with, and and JP Morgan and Bank of America, both of them have about, Let's let's call it. Um, I'm, I'm just thinking of the numbers here. Roughly a couple billion dollars of silver ounces of silver in a short position. Billion, right? So two point four billion is the total. Now only two billion ounces of silver are mined in a given year. They've got more ounces in short position than are actually mined, right? So, but why is the question? Well. Let's say you're, you're a business owner, and would you rather buy things at a high price or a low price if you're buying cost of goods? Yeah, you want to buy it low. Yeah, so 
So whenever a silver ETF share is sold, they actually have to fulfill that with some physical delivery silver that they put in storage. So what do they do? They use a mechanism called naked shorts, which means they can short something or sell something that they don't even own. That's illegal for people to do, but but big banks like that can do it. So they, they short the markets of silver, drives the price down. And then what do they do? They gobble up physical silver at the lower price. That creates more demand. The price goes up and they say, oh, it's gotten too high. We have to fulfill these, these silver ETFs. So they, they issue more shorts, drives the price down. They gobble up physical silver. So here's the thing. People think that those, those big banks wow. hate silver. No, they don't. They love it because they have to buy it and it makes them more money. Well, enter March of last year. The, the, the guys and gals at, at Reddit and Wall Street Bets, the same ones who actually took to the hedge funds and actually, you know, shorted um, AMC and Nokia and those kind of things, right? And GameStop, they, they caused yeah. that to go up 1,600% in 30 days by doing a short squeeze. So what did they do? They said, hey, we're sick and tired of, of people investing into things like silver, um, or they don't get the full effect of their investment, right? So they started a short squeeze in silver. So the game has been exposed, right? So the guys are yeah. at it and the, and the gap, they exposed the system and the, and the game that's behind it and the manipulation. So those days are kind of coming to an end, right? So, so because the big banks, JP Morgan, Bank of America, they've been exposed. So, right. so much so. And why do I think this is coming to an end? Well, Laura, at, at just our firm, we order hundreds, you know, sometimes 150, let's say 150,000 ounce bars a day, you know, from, yeah. from the depository. Well, we, we last week, it, it became alarmingly evident that they're running very short on supply because they oh. hadn't had delivery of thousand ounce bars in like four days. They normally get them every single day. Well, we re realize even just our firm, we're one of thousands of firms, right? Well, they were getting 50 to 70 bars delivered a day and we're ordering over a hundred, just us. And that's the only supply that they had that was coming in 50 to 70,000 ounce bars a day. We're ordering double that just our firm. So this tells me that, that like, I can't remember if we talked about it on your show a couple of weeks ago or not, but current drawdown of thousand ounce bars of silver at the depositories in the COMEX deliverable inventories at current drawdown rates will be extinguished within five months. So wow. very high, right? And, and this is an alarming number because we're just one firm that are taking more than what they wow. bring in in a given day. But imagine all the other firms out there, right? So right. here's where economic 101 really starts to kick into high gear. Low supply, high demand prices are going to go through the roof. So don't right. be alarmed that the, that manipulation in prices that we've seen over the last year, um, it's not going to last because ultimately fundamentals always trump everything and they're truly running out of supply. You know, it's kind of interesting, Kirk, because they've been getting away with all kinds of things for a very long time. And now you just see these things bubbling to the surface everywhere, right? I mean, GameStop was one of the indicators. Um, and I was talking, I think it was a, about two years ago, I was talking to people inside Chase 
right, who were telling me that uh, they get to manage people's money for Chase Bank, but Chase Bank won't allow them to buy silver, won't allow them to buy precious metals as part of those portfolios. But in Chase's portfolios, in what the bank is actually doing, they own uh, and buy tons of silver. So why is what's good for the goose is not good for the gander, right? I mean, this is obvious that people's got nothing to do with politics. It's got to do with just simple right and wrong. You're, uh, you're not allowing your clients to have the benefit of something that you want to control. I mean, this is just, or, it's corrupt from start to finish. It's corrupt and it's actually even a little bit more sneaky than what you just said because what they're saying is they've run out of money. Right. So so they can invest in it. They don't want you to keep you. They they want you to keep your money in the banking system. Right. Because once you wired out, it's going into something else. They're really strapped for liquidity that they don't have enough capital, which is why which is why they're saying, no, don't 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 send your money out. Haven't we been the wise custodians of your checking account, saving account forever? It's like, don't just keep it here. Gold and silver, they're risky investments. I mean, we hear this. Time after time after time, every single day, as clients are wiring as funds, and it's not just Chase, right? It's it's U.S. Bank, it's it's Bank of America, it's Wells Fargo, it's City. All of them, all of them, are telling their clients that's not might not be very good. Maybe we should check into it for fraud, right? You want to stay with us? They're just making up stories because here's the issue: last year in July. The Fed took two and a half trillion dollars out of the banking system via reverse repo mechanism, stripped banks of capital. So they're very capital starved. Right. And and in a world where interest rates are going up, people are less likely to pay off their loans. They really don't have an awful lot of money on hand. And so to, to put this into perspective, in the in the world of digital banking, everybody that mean, boy, there's no such thing as a secret. Right. Everybody knows everything, especially in the banking world. I mean, they could check in an instant how much money you have in another bank, right? So l- let's just say you were to pay a family member a check, 500 bucks. And what do they have to do? They usually have to hold it for like 10 to 14 days or something silly, right? Well, they can yeah. check in a fraction of a second if that other, if there's funds in your bank account. So why do they have to hold it? It's because they don't want to get an interbank loan from the Fed. They're using that flow. And so they hold it. And make up this they crazy story. It. It's like, oh, we got sure that, that there's money available in the account. They can check in a fraction of a second, right? So, but they just want to use it for that 10 to 14 days so they don't have to get uh, a, a wire, you know, interbank wire from the, from the Fed, an interday loan. So here's, but here's the, the ugly reality of the lack of liquidity, Laura, is, is let's see, it was July of 2021. Um, the, the Federal Reserve has a reserve requirement, which is the amount of money that banks have to keep on hand, right? So if you deposit $100 into your checking account, fractional reserve banking means they would actually lend out $90 of that and only keep 10 bucks on hand and then 10% of that and 10% of that, right? So, so in July of 2021, the reserve requirement is now zero, meaning wow. banks don't have to have any money on hand at all. They did that to try to stimulate the economy so banks could keep loaning and loaning and loaning and lending it out. But that means that there's how close could we be to a bank run 
if banks have zero re- on hand, right? It's, it's, we're, yeah. we're entering into alarming times. And, and just this morning, Goldman Sachs CEO and JP Morgan's CEO said the U.S. economy uh, is in for a big recession because labor tightness is going to keep the Fed aggressively kind of trying to fight inflation. They're going to try to keep this held down in check. But the labor, the numbers, are they're just not good. I mean, so they're going to have to keep hiking rates aggressively before pausing to allow the data to begin reflecting its efforts to rein in inflation, right? The labor markets are showing wage decreases while inflation is persisting. They're going to be very, um, very aggressive on raising rates to try to fight this inflationary pressures. This will cause a big recession in America, right? Because you have rising prices, rising interest rates, people's wages coming down, they're, they're fighting this battle that they created. See, they created the inflation. They're trying to raise rates to slow down the inflation that they created. And, and it's not going to stop anytime real soon. It's just simply not going to stop because they can't. If they stop the, the raising of rates, inflation will turn into Venezuela. So they have to keep doing this. But here's the problem. We have so much debt in this country, Laura. We at the consumer level, at the state level, at the municipal level, the federal level. I mean, debt across the board that when you raise rates to fight inflation that you created, you're you're opening up Pandora's box. But they know this. Yeah. Right. I mean, they know all of this. They know all of it. Of course they do because they created. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, the question always is why, and that's a question for them to answer, right? I mean, you're not the one who did it. So, uh, you know, it's not fair that we keep asking these questions of the wrong people. Well, they kind of tell us why. I mean, if you look at Klaus Schwab, you look at the World Economic Forum, you look at the IMF, you look at some of their memorandums and, and their public statements, they do want a great reset. They actually want... Um, a globalist utopia of, of money and politics, right? So if you actually strip money out of the banking system for private capital, out of Chase, out of Bank of America, out of all these places, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so people can't get lending from them. They make it hard to get a loan because of rising interest rates and people ha- or their wages are decreasing. What happens when people need money and they can't go to private capital? They can't go to the bank to get their loans. Well, they would do what anybody would do when they need money. They're, they're going to do everything they can. Just do an end run around the banks and go directly to the government. I think this is their plan to make everybody a serf, everybody a slave to the government, um, and by being the lender of last resort. I think that's what they're actually trying to do. But, you know, we don't have to ask them because they actually say that this is kind of what they want to do, right? By their actions, their actions speak louder than words. And when you strip the ability to even lend from banks by by taking the capital out, making it a lot easier through stimulus money, paying people to stay home, they're, they're, they're exposing their hand and telling us what they want to do. Yeah, and now the Biden uh, loan plan, for example, loan, student loan forgiveness plan has been halted in, in, uh, by a judge, right, who's put a hold on applications. 
um, because these things violate the Constitution. So it's always just a question of whether or not they're going to get away with it. Right. Well, I, I mean, at, at some point here, Laura, they're running out of money. They're just truly running out of money um, here. Inflation. I mean, the global economy is doing a dumpster dive right now. I mean, if you look at GDP, the gross domestic product, um, it went from nine percent to four point one percent. That's decreasing by more than 50 percent in the last month. It's like this is absolutely a disaster, right? And it's during an election year. Right? So, so what are they going to do when when people <laughs> vote with their wallets? And and the President Clinton said this the best. He said, "You know what? It's the economy, stupid. People are going to vote with their wallets." So, it, when people are voting with their wallets and the economy just absolutely stinks, now what? Well, change the narrative. Talk about anything else. Talk about Roe v. Wade. Talk about gun rights. Talk about anything else. Talk about Russia and Ukraine. Talk about China, Taiwan. Just don't talk about the domestic economy, right? So this is happening. And don't right talk now, right? about vote fraud, right? Don't talk about well, cheating. Don't talk because about that'll, make that. you, that'll instantly make you a terrorist. But I mean, you know, when you when you look at this, it's so interesting because the typical pattern of American politics is going into the midterms, people are going to say whatever it takes to get elected, right? That's what we're used to hearing from them. And now we're this close to the uh, midterms and there's no hiding the economy. But the strategy seems to have shifted because the strategy now is with fires and a city burning behind you, you call it a peaceful protest, mostly peaceful protest. And with people streaming across the border, you say, oh, no, no, there's no... There's no crisis on the border, right? Um, because for them, it's not a crisis. The more people that come, the better. And uh, and they've made that very clear. That's, you know, going on their statements. And it's the same thing here, where Biden stands up and says, oh, there's no inflation. What are you talking about? Right? Or, or that's Putin's fault. Uh, or it's like trying to get people to believe that a... a you know, a gay nudist living in a hippie colony in uh, uh, in Berkeley, California, is uh, is a, some kind of Trump crazy alt right maga, maga guy, right? I mean, people just don't buy it. The lie is so big. You know, when Charlottesville happened, people didn't know what to do. It was such a shock, and nobody wants to be associated with white supremacy. So. Even if you didn't believe that, you know, the Confederate flag was a symbol of white supremacy, people kind of kept quiet because they were like, wow, well, I don't want to be attached to this. But now those same tactics, you know, of slamming this label on anybody, they're just not working anymore. They don't work. People are saying, come on, you know, have you listened to the 911 call? Have you listened to the dispatcher who actually says Paul Pelosi said he doesn't know the guy, but it, you know, but his name is David and he's a friend. I mean, lies. I, I people are I hope, Laura, that people are starting to wake up to the lies. I don't know how you cannot when when Biden comes out and says that and this was last month, and he said, Look, America, I've got some good news for you, and I've got a number. The number is zero. And he said, inflation is zero. And here's why. Some prices are going up. Some prices are going down. The net effect is zero. It's like, oh, my word, your wow. own people. The Bureau of Labor Statistics says it's 8.3%. But but yet, do people still fall for this stuff? Right? I mean, some people probably did. 
quite honestly. But but our wallets will tell us it ain't zero. Seriously. It's it's just simply. My mortgage rate just almost doubled from 4 to 7.1%. I mean, what are you talking about? What yeah. are you talking about? And <clears throat> you know, it really only uh it really only goes to prove that the so-called conspiracy theorists are absolutely right. The only people who are not affected by the inflation right now are the people who don't look at every item in the grocery store, right? Who are not having to make choices between, uh, you know, what we're eating this week, kids, because things are going up. I mean, it's, uh, it's so insulting to people all over this country, both Democrat and Republican. I'm sorry, this is, uh, inflation is uh, really affecting everybody. And uh, this idea that you can go on TV and pretend it's not happening and that that's not going to translate into the polls, that only works if you are controlling the polls. Because in a real world situation, people are not going to vote for that in large numbers. They're just not. They're not. And, you know, the conspiracy theories, you know, it's like, so I was talking to Bobby Kennedy not too long ago and family is, you know, just (laughs) riddled with conspiracy theories throughout their entire lifespan. Right. But he was talking about vaccines. He was talking about the economy, talking about inflation. He said, look, it's, it's no longer a conspiracy theory. It's just a conspiracy. Right. Against the American public. It's no longer a theory. A legal criminal conspiracy. Yeah. Take it, take it from the guy whose family has been riddled with conspiracy theories their whole life. It's like, this is not a theory. This is actually conspiracy against the people of the United States with the whole central banking system, with, with mm-hmm. the thought that the government is formed by the people. No, it's not. The government thinks the people are for them at this point, right? So you have you put all of this together, and the bottom line is how do you navigate through this successfully financially you, you can't believe everything that you hear, right? This is why we've put this together. This is why you and I talk about these things from, from a different perspective than that you're going to hear on mainstream media, right? Because mainstream media, you're going to hear, oh, when stocks stink, you go into bonds and bonds stink, you go into stocks. Well, what about when they all stink at the same time together because of rising? Because of inflation? It's like, this is what they've got. It doesn't work right now. So, so bringing some of these things to the forefront. It's like there are ways that we can successfully navigate through this economy and and just thrive, right? We can thrive. We don't have to settle for surviving. And that's what we're here to help with. Well, I hope so, because I'm having one of those days where I'm like, how are we going to do this? How are we going to do this? The money just doesn't flow, you know, it doesn't fall out of, tr- out of the sky, right? It doesn't grow on trees, as my mother used to say. Money doesn't well, grow on trees. Well, the, the government thinks that it does because they just go and press the red <laughs> button on the <laughs> like, Okay, let's make more of this stuff. But we all have to pay the price for that. This is why we have the inflation the way that we do. Um, yeah. So navigate through it. I mean, seriously, you, you buy tangible assets gold, silver, things that are real, right? When you go to the grocery store and prices go through the roof, it's because it's a tangible asset. It's a thing. Used cars are a thing going through the roof. Oil and gas, they are things. They go through the roof with inflation. Gold and silver are too. And that's really an easy way for people to invest in times like this. I'm not saying forever, right? Because at some point you get a change in presidency, you get a change in Congress, and you actually have policies 
of growth again, of lowering taxes, lowering interest rates and creating jobs rather than raising taxes, raising interest rates to slow down the inflation that you created and paying people to stay home. Stupid, right? So opposite policies will have an opposite outcome. So at some point we can have those policies again, like we had during the Reagan years, like we had during the Trump years that encourage economic growth. And at that point, you go back into stocks, you go back into bonds, you do whatever you're going to do, right? But for the meantime, those won't work. When the policies that encourage growth are not there, we have policies right now that encourage shrinkage in normal markets, but they cause tangible assets to go through the roof. Well, there you have it. I know that you've got to go. If people have resources and they're interested and they think that this is for them, they can go to you. Dr. Kirkley, I think it's lauraloganggold.com. If you're, if that's not for you and you're not interested, but you're, um, you're still looking for ways to get through this uh, tough economic period, then stay with us and listen because Dr. Kirk has uh, lots of ideas and it um, hopefully will help you make um, some uh, good decisions for yourself and your families because, you know, I mean, it's a difficult time and we are definitely all in this together. Dr. Kirk, thank you so much. So nice to talk to you. Thank you for listening to Reset with Kirk Elliott, PhD. Every week, our goal is to increase your knowledge and help melt away any financial anxiety and stress that causes inaction. In any economy and with any presidential administration, there are things we can do to thrive and not just survive. Thanks for going on this journey with us. We look forward to our next time together on the next installment of Reset with Kirk Elliott, PhD. If you have any questions, call us at 720-605-3900 or simply email us at info at